From the KLYT Broadcast Studio, this is ABQ Connect. Your input on today's topic is important to us. Join in the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect. Well, good afternoon. Jim Williams with you here on ABQ Connect. My good friend Spence Llewellyn with Davis Mortgage. The Llewellyn team is in studio. Spencer, how are you? Doing well, Jim. You are singularly the biggest baseball fan, but I didn't know this. I ask you that question, hey, well, who's your baseball team? And you just like all of them, don't you? That's right. I like the sport. You love baseball. Right. And I think I think it's amazing that we've had a few players here from Albuquerque that aren't too bad. Mr. Bregman, third base man for the Astros. McGarver, uh, Garver. Garver, and they just won a World Series. Right. Yeah, that's kind of neat. It's fun. Now, do you get to know any of those kids or about them when they're in like, like in high school? Do I know some of them from college and on. Yeah, I'm friends with some of the ex Lobos and Ray Birmingham, the coach, and mm-hmm. I've been involved with it so long. I was an umpire for twenty years, so uh, yeah. met a lot of coaches, some in good terms and some in bad terms at moments. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let, let's talk a little. What we're going to talk about today is we're going to be talking about reverse mortgages primarily, but you handle all types of mortgages at, at Davis Mortgage. Absolutely. So you, you can finance something for a veteran, VA. You can do an FHA loan. Uh, and, and Spence, I mean, I was a lender for a really long time, primarily right. construction lending is what I did. So, I, But I had to make sure they had a permanent loan. So is it still true that FHA loans are kind of used for people that want a minimum down payment and not necessarily have real high credit scores? Typically, yes. Conventional loans are still still allow you to put down as little as possible. Little as three percent down. Little as three percent. Uh, there's still first time home buyer programs and incentives for people to get going. And Lots of programs for people with limited down payments and limited closing cost ability. Okay, so I'm 66 last week. And I just Happy thought, yeah, thank you. Well, I, I, I run into you having coffee. And first thing you were talking to me about is reverse mortgages. I know absolutely nothing about them, except we all have these ideas that maybe they weren't so good a few years ago. So talk to us first about what is a reverse mortgage? A reverse mortgage is simply a mortgage that allows people to access a portion of their home equity and not have to make a payment on the loan for as long as they live in the house. Okay, so let's take a scenario. Let's say you have a half a million dollar home. If I talked to you about this 20 years ago, that was a lot of home. Today, (laughs) it's not as much home. Right. Uh, I mean, homes have just gone up astronomically. But maybe that's good for people that have owned a home for 10 or 20 years because they have a lot of equity. So let's say you owe 100000 but it's worth 500 What can you take out in terms of equity? It depends on the age of the homeowner. The older the homeowner is, the more they could take out. Oh, okay. For example, I met some people this morning. They were both 80, and they could borrow up to 48% of the value of their home. Gotcha. Because they were older. Correct. Somebody who's 62, which is the minimum age, they can borrow about 35% of the value. Okay. Who's eligible to get a reverse mortgage? Are there criteria for who's eligible? You bet. People 62 and older. Okay. uh, They have to be in the home as their primary residence. And that's pretty much it. Uh, We don't even have credit score requirements. Oh. They, what they look at is to make sure people are current on their property taxes, their homeowner's insurance, and any other property-related charges, homeowner's associations, that type of thing. So 
reverse mortgage, uh, a regular mortgage is is where, let's say, you buy something for hundred thousand dollars, you have twenty thousand down, you get a mortgage for eighty, your payment is six hundred, your taxes are another hundred dollars a month, and then you have insurance of another hundred a month, so your total payment's eight hundred dollars. You've owned that house for a really long time, and now it's worth a half a million dollars. Um, well, maybe you haven't owned it for that long a time. Maybe you've only owned it for five or ten years, but we've had astronomical appreciation, haven't we, in right. the last few Absolutely. years? Absolutely. So you can take advantage of some of that equity that's uh, been built up through appreciation. Absolutely. One of the ways that people utilize this a lot is they get to be 62 or older, still have a mortgage on their home, and they may just be, their only income is Social Security. So things are really tight. Mm. And if they use a reverse mortgage, they could pay off that existing mortgage and not have a monthly mortgage payment. And it's a life changer for a lot of people. Yes. And so let's say, for example, in the scenario I just gave, that you're sitting at home and maybe you've got a $100,000 balance on a mortgage, but your house is worth, let's call it 400000 you could use a reverse mortgage, and let's say you're older. I don't know what the age is, but you might be able to buy, borrow 50%, so 200000 so you could pay off the $100,000 mortgage and have a little cash. Exactly. Well, and, and I, I am going to let everybody know in our second half hour today, we're going to have our friend Brian Cochran on who's going to talk about maybe if you have that money, what should you do with it? Right. Because you don't want to necessarily go spend it. Does that sometimes make you nervous, Spence, when you give people access to money? Even though it's their money, do you get nervous about them not managing it properly? Well, absolutely. Uh, and working hand-in-hand with a financial advisor is probably the wisest thing somebody can do in that situation. Um one of the things that the reverse mortgage industry has policed itself in the sense when they first started 50 years ago, people would get people that sell, sold annuities, predominantly annuities, would go to people to try to get them to do a reverse mortgage to pull the proceeds out and put it into an annuity. And not always the best possible financial vehicle for those people. So now there's actually regulations that the people tell us they're going to go, we're just going to put it right into an annuity. We have to stop and they have to go through a whole nother counseling type program before they're allowed to do that. Gotcha. So are, are there different ways people can take this distribution of money? Absolutely. How, how, what are the choices? People can take a lump sum where they get just all their uh, equity that they're allowed to at closing. They can take it in a, in a form of monthly payments. We call that tenured so they could take a specific dollar amount every month for as long as they live in their home. Or they could set up a line of credit where they obviously don't have to make any, they no interest accrues on the unused balance of that line of credit. In fact, the unused portion of the line of credit grows every year. So if they started out with a $100,000 line of credit, next year it would be a $106,000 line of credit if they haven't used it. Oh, okay. So maybe you've got maybe you've got some, uh, you know, some some income. Well, you mentioned Social Security. Uh, a couple couples that are both earning Social Security seem like they might have a little easier time. Again, kind of the theme of today's show is is about people that haven't saved up, you know, a million dollars to retire on or more. 
Um, you know, what do you do? How do you budget? And, and one of the things I'm going to ask Brian a little bit later is about why is it so hard to get people on a budget? Have you found that frustrating, Spence, when oh, you talk to people? You bet. Both on reverse mortgages, but also on traditional mortgages when people come in to buy a house. They just don't have a clue really where their money's going yeah. a lot of times. And is there is is there still debt to income ratios that are like thirty six percent of your income pretty much has to cover all your bills, or is yes. it a little higher now? It can go higher for sure, but that's one of the uh, questions we talk to people about, or one of the, the topics we talk about. Just because you can borrow up to forty eight percent, your debt to income ratio can be forty eight percent of your income, doesn't mean you should. And you know what? It's I'm so glad you said that. I, I made my career in lending, but primarily in construction lending. And, of course, to get a construction loan, you had to have a permanent loan done. So we would do a few of those. And I used to try to explain to people, I'm going to be able to loan you more money today than I should loan you. I'm just telling you. Exactly. You know, and and it's especially true because, you know, here we are on a Christian radio station. Most of our listeners are Christian people. They're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to live right. They want to have money to give and they want to live a certain way. Um, but but they also have the same temptations as everybody else. And gosh, I can remember Spence, you know, back in the day, you remember those uh no income verification home loans and I had friends that were, you know, in in $150,000 houses. They were going buying $900,000 houses. And I don't know what they thought because their payments were going to go from $1,200 a month to $5,000 or more. And sure enough, all of that went bad. We had a crash. That whole crash, the whole thing crashed about 2008. Right. Um, They had the no, uh, no credit. Well, no income verification loans, and then there was some other thing. No income. We had no income, no asset. No asset. Yeah, I remember that. We had uh, stated appraisals. People could just say uh, what their house was worth. And uh, when you allow people to do the wrong thing, a lot of times they will. Oh, absolutely. And that's uh, those loans were initially designed for a certain segment of the borrower population, if you will, self-employed people, those kind of things. But then it just became a free-for-all that anybody could get a loan and that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Spence, what are the income requirements for somebody to get a reverse mortgage? There's not really specific income requirements. What is looked at is do the clients have enough money to pay their property taxes, their homeowner's insurance, maintenance on the house, and then have a residual amount of income, typically for a couple of two in Albuquerque, that's another $1,000 a month. Okay. And you've already mentioned, like the couple you were just talking with, they have Social Security. So that's probably going to give them that'll you know, give them four thousand a month. Correct. And then if they get, you know, if they have some of this other money coming in, that can be used for emergencies and fixing the car and doing things like that. Exactly. I, I like, tell us one more time about how you can take the distribution of the money. Cause that's really kind of fascinating. There's three ways, really three ways, a lump sum. That makes me nervous. Okay. It does because you got to be careful what you do with it. Right. Number two is what we call tenured or monthly amount. Okay. So someone could come in and they could qualify for, let's use a number of $800 a month. Okay. And they can get $800 a month for as long as they live in their home. And and again, they don't have a mortgage payment. Correct. 
So let's say your payment was eight hundred or a thousand a month. Now you don't have that, and now you have an additional eight hundred coming in. So that's actually a pretty substantial gain. Exactly. Uh, I like that. So, and then the last way is to set it up on what you called a line of credit. It's a line of credit, exactly. That they have access to take money out and pay it back anytime they want. So they, on a reverse mortgage, again, you're not making monthly interest payments. So the interest accrues monthly on the balance. But if you took money out on the line of credit and then paid it back, you basically paid yourself back that interest you're not going to be paying. Gotcha. Uh, Spence Llewellyn is with the Llewellyn team at Davis Mortgage. They're located at 4313 Corrales Road, Suite C, uh, Suite 6, I'm sorry, in Corrales. And their phone number is 505-263-2000. Can I give your email address? Absolutely. People are interested. That would be spence at trustdm.com for Davis Mortgage. Spence, S-P-E-N-C-E, at trustdm.com. And I want to give all that information out, Spence, because I know you're you're willing to answer questions. Um, and all the information people are not going to be able to write down today on the radio. So I'm so glad you're here. We have you for one more segment. All right. So I hope you'll stay with us on ABQ Connect. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on ABQ Connect. Spence Llewellyn, uh, the Wellen team with Davis Mortgage in studio with us. They're located at 4313 Corrales Road, Suite 6 in Corrales, 505-263-263. 2000 is Spence Llewellyn's phone number. Um, Spence is talking to us about reverse mortgages, but he does also normal mortgages and and all the government loans, all the VA, FHA, conventional, et cetera. Um, Are there any other kind of loans? Like I I remember there used to be some NADA loans. There's still USDA USDA. loans for rural housing. Sounds like you get a stake with that. (laughs) (laughs) USDA certified. Those are special to like, outlying properties like rural areas rural areas yeah i like that uh spence let's talk now about um, a little bit more detail about uh reverse mortgages what are are some of the the un you know the you know misconceptions if you will that people have about those loans you bet uh reverse mortgages started back in the 60s actually and there were a lot of uh unscrupulous and also just the program was so new that they were set up that the bank would actually own part of the equity in your home. Mm. So that's the number one myth or misconception people have is the bank's going to own my own home and then there won't be anything left for my kids. Right. And we talk about that, that the way a reverse mortgage works, it's simply a lien on your property like a traditional mortgage. And when you pass or leave the home, the equity goes to your heirs and it belongs to them. But somebody would have to to refinance the loan if they wanted to keep the house. Absolutely. So, I mean, that might be a point of uh, of inconvenience. But let's say that there was just a regular mortgage on the loan. You would still have to refinance that loan, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, I mean, it's not any bigger challenge than, than if there's just an underlying mortgage on the home. Correct. And it's a really nice, safe way for someone to break cash loose there's real no really no income qualifications or any of those things and typically depending on the person's age um that that owns the home and and we should say that you this has to be a home that you live in correct must be a primary residence cannot be an investment property however it could be a townhome or a manufactured home 
or a multifamily home if you're living in one of the units. What are typical fees, Spence, associated with this? Is this one of those things where I know so many times when I did regular mortgages, people wanted me to roll in as much of the closing costs as possible? Similar kind of closing costs? Yes, yeah, similar closing costs uh, for the uh, to do the reverse mortgage, and the fees are rolled into the loan. Okay. Uh, and then the other thing that, that needs to be addressed is the majority of reverse mortgages have mortgage insurance. And that's kind of counterintuitive to, wait a minute, you're only loaning me 50% of the value, but I have mortgage insurance. And that is there to protect the estate so that the value of the home, no matter the value of the home or the loan balance, the loan will never be higher. The loan balance owed will never be higher than the value of the home. So if we had a situation like we did back in 2008, 2009, where Real estate's value, real estate values plummeted. Yes, and then the the family's trying to get rid of the house. There would be no deficiency judgment, so the family, the homeowner, and the heirs are protected via the mortgage insurance. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, let's give a real hard. Uh, so let's say that, yeah, and you know, Lord, please don't allow this to happen, right? Um, but let's say that you have a home today that's worth two hundred thousand. And you get a reverse mortgage of a hundred grand, but then we have some crazy thing happen in the market, and the value of that home goes down by half. And we have actually seen that. Correct. Um, this mortgage insurance is not, is going to make it so that somebody is not going to be you know foreclosed on. Correct. Because the home is worth less than the the balance on the loan. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a really valuable thing. So all the things you've mentioned so far, Spence, really give me the idea that the industry has done everything they can do to protect consumers. Correct. Not only is HUD, FHA, the CFPB, which is the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, but you also have protections because predominantly these are loans for seniors. Mm. And there's senior protection laws that are in place, as well as all the uh, real estate protective laws in place. So if you want to obtain one of these loans, you actually have to go to a course? Yes. And find out a little bit more information in greater detail. Correct. After the initial meeting with clients and they decide they want to move forward, the next step is a third-party independent counseling by an FHA-approved counselor to make sure that the clients understand the loan they're talking about and that nothing's been told to them that's not true. Okay. Now, is there a cost to that separate from the rest of this we're talking about? It's included in the closing cost numbers. Okay. But the client pays for that up front, usually about $125. Okay. Okay. Are, are there appraisals required? Yes. Okay. What are appraisals running these days? It's about 700 Yow. I remember when appraisal, I shouldn't even say it, but 350 bucks, you could get a nice appraisal right. 20 but what, years ago. Huh? What did houses cost then? Oh, gosh. I mean, and everything is more expensive. But again, this is a way to use your home equity um, in, in a way that I think is in, – and just to remind everybody, in our second half hour today, we're going to have Brian Cochran on with John Moore Associates. And Brian has been teaching us – all the rules for eliminating debt and saving money and living generously and giving and, and all of those things. But today we're coming from the point of view is, okay, Brian, what if you haven't done any of that and you, you know, you're plus 50 years old, 
what can you do? So that's going to be the kind of the perspective, and and it's fun because Brian's going to be able to take a lot of the information that you're providing now, Spence, and I think people need to really start investigating this, and maybe the urgency is greater than they might think. Is If you're 50 years old, is that too early to think about this? It's not a bad time to think about it, and one of the things that when people are 50, oftentimes they're dealing with their parents who are 20 or 30 years older, mm. and the parents may have a need that the children are trying to take care of in terms of health care, either in-home health care or one of the parents has gone into assisted living. Mm-hmm. I'm helping a, some, a family right now where the father's in assisted living, and they're going to fund that by using the equity in the home via a reverse mortgage. Yeah, great idea. Great idea. And again, it's a way to protect the children from having to come out of pocket with, because trust me, assisted living is not inexpensive. Correct. Uh, I think most of our listeners know that um, I I took a year and a half to be with my parents at they were as they were at the end of life. They were both on hospice. I was able to keep them in their home. Uh, we were fortunate in that their income. Um, they both had pensions, um, one from the state and one from the the city, and so they had enough income to take care of that. So we didn't have to do any mortgages or any of those kind of things, but. I can see where this would be a valuable tool to try to help uh, fund health care for an elderly person as they're going up. Spence, uh, a lot of great information. Um, I want to ask you a few things about regular mortgages, but before I do that, make sure that if you have questions, Spence Llewellyn is available. His office is at 4313 Corrales Road. Their company is called Davis Mortgage, the Llewellyn team, L-E-W-A-L-L-E-N. Phone number is 505-263-2000. And Spence, you've told me when we were off the air that this is really about just educating people. Absolutely. Uh, I enjoy educating people. And the more people that learn about this and learn the, the facts about it rather than the things they hear, the myths or the misconceptions, the more people that can help. Yeah. And, and I know you are about helping people. Is it still in, in this environment? I know homes we've talked about have appreciated astronomically. Is it still economically a good investment to buy a home as opposed to renting Spence? Here's the thought. If people want to buy a house and they decide to, they want to wait until interest rates come down or until home prices come down, they're going to be in trouble and they're going to be disappointed. We have limited inventory, not only in our market, but across the country. So home prices are not going to come down just by virtue of supply and demand. And if people wait for interest rates to come down, there's going to be that much more competition for the houses that are out there because more buyers will get into the marketplace as rates come down. Now, here's a funny thing, Spence. The the millennials are all upset because rates were 3% or lower. Now they're 75 6.5%. 6.5%. Right. In well, that range. Well, trust me, you and I... We think six and, a, six and a half is a great rate Correct. because rates were 9% when you and I were starting out. Exactly. And so, you know, six and a half, I rem- in, in all the time that I was in the mortgage business, rates were never lower than six and a half. Right. They all went down after I retired. 
Uh, so I think that perspective is really interesting. Uh, that's really fun. Spence, I'm, I've known you a really long time. You're a good friend. I hope you'll consider joining us about every four or five weeks to talk about the mortgage market and, and reverse mortgages because I think uh, maybe the next time you come on, we'll entertain calls and uh, maybe get a few people calling in about their specific scenarios. And Sounds I think great. I think you'll just begin to 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 get some feedback from our audience, and you'll feel even better about the people that you're helping. Well, Jim, I appreciate it very much, and thank for this opportunity. Yeah, it's fun to be with you. Uh, we'll be back with Brian Cochran and more on ABQ Connect. Stay with us.